Hey, welcome back to another episode of e-commerce on tap brought to you by Sourceify. I'm your host, Nathan Resnick. And today we're joined by Emily from Zenny. Emily, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, Nathan. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So before we dive into what supply chain looks like at Zenny, and previously, I know you were leading supply chain at Hubble. I want to learn more about you, how you got started in supply chain. Tell us, you know, your background story. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a little bit of an unconventional way of getting here. I actually started out wanting to be a dancer in New York. So I have a Bachelor of Arts in Dance from Hofstra University, believe it or not. And after graduating, I got my foot in the door at a startup at the time, Birchbox, where I was for four and a half years starting my professional journey. I started on the customer service side, and at the time, Matt Hertz, who's also pretty well known in the logistics world, was running their logistics and operation, and I took a quick interest in it on the customer side because you're just hearing complaints related to logistics all day about missing in transit, damaged, didn't receive my full order. I started reporting to Matt on just firsthand things that he wouldn't hear himself from the customer service side. And when he had an opening on his team after I'd been there for just shy of a year, he was like, you're already working closely with us, come on over. So the rest is kind of history from there on how it all began for me. But there I was able to grow into managing a logistics team. That was where I really had my first trial by fire hand at running a team, running all outbound and fulfillment contracts for them. And after I was at Birchbox for four and a half years, I moved into the direct-to-consumer mattress space for a little bit. So I was at Helix Sleep and then Nectar or Resident Home is their holding company. And from there, I spent four and a half years at Hubble owning the end-to-end operation and supply chain. And now most recently, just within the last month, I've started a new endeavor at Zenny Optical. So have focused in the optical space most recently. That's amazing. You've covered so many areas of e-commerce and especially across many high growth e-commerce brands. I feel like so many people are going to be curious about your experience at Hubble because Hubble really grew like a rocket ship in the e-commerce world, direct to consumer prescription, not necessarily eyewear, but contact lenses. And I think that's one of the really interesting stories in the e-commerce journey where traditionally you'd have to go to your doctor to get what Hubble does online. And so I'm curious, what did that growth look like in your supply chain? Walk us through that story. I know you ended up managing the end-to-end supply chain, but in the early days, how do you grow a contact lens supply chain quickly? Yeah, that's a great question. Good point. So over the course of four and a half years there, I saw the the company really double in size in terms of revenue, which was exciting. I think COVID was a nice leg up for the contact lens industry as it pertains to e-commerce, um, for better or worse, with ECPs having to close down, it drove a lot of traffic online. So the company really benefited from that growth. But I certainly expanded my role quite a bit while I was there. When I initially started, it was just supposed to be vice president of supply chain. And it quickly grew out from supply chain to I'm really running all operations and some biz dev and sourcing. I took on quality and compliance space, which is really important in optical because you are selling a class two medical device. So you're constantly maintaining the highest quality standards, filing reports with necessary government bodies on a regular basis. So that was a big undertaking. I also, as time went on, 
took on the verifications department. So how we verified scripts before shipping any contacts in the United States to customers. And so it was a big change, just as tends to happen in a small, fast paced environment. The longer you're there, you can end up taking on more under your hat. So to speak, grew quite a bit from being a team of one for the first year to having a team of about seven people by the end of it. So it was really exciting. Definitely an awesome period of growth. I helped them source and launch their two most recent white label products, which is Hydro by Hubble and Sky High, which is a silicone hydrogel daily lens. So worked with offshore manufacturers to get those off the ground for them, which was really exciting. And I wish them all the best in growing those two brands. I think there's some awesome opportunity ahead for them. That's amazing. I'm curious because I think a lot of supply chain leaders are wondering when it comes to a FDA regulated industry like contact lenses, what does that look like and entail from a supply chain standpoint? I assume you have to ensure your suppliers meet certain audit requirements. And then in terms of dealing with overseas suppliers, how does that intertwine with the FDA and dealing with a regulated product like contact lenses? Yeah, totally. One of the first things that we have to look for are manufacturers that already have FDA approval to sell their product in the United States. So you need what's called a 510K on the product, which is the FDA's process of approving the product for sale. And so we were always super above board in those endeavors. But that's a main box to check. And then from there, of course, you're looking at like quality and compliance, making sure there's no red flags in terms of recalls or product issues in the past. And we're, of course, maintaining an internal quality program. We're also working with external experts on quality at all times to make sure that we're maintaining all of proper protocol per the FDA and FTC. So certainly a lot goes into it. One of the things that we did take the opportunity to do with the new lenses was source outside of Taiwan a little bit. So the first product that we uh, sold at Hubble was a daily disposable lens coming out of Taiwan. And we just wanted to diversify risk a little bit, de-risk, diversify the supply chain. So the secondary lens is actually coming from Singapore. And then the third is produced in Malaysia. So of course, staying in the Southeast Asia region, but moving out of Taiwan so that the products would have equilibrium on where they were coming from. But a big part of what went into sourcing those lenses is certainly starting on the quality and compliance side and the regulatory necessities. But then it's also your typical supply chain issues. Like where is it shipping from? Can they handle the capacity? Do they have any concerns about being able to scale the product with us? Things like that, that went into it too. I'm curious because I think a lot of people wonder about working in such a high growth environment when it comes to supply chain. How do you forecast with your factory? How do you not run out of inventory? You see some of the fastest growing e-commerce brands deal with inventory outages, which obviously stalls growth and, and revenue. How do you forecast in that environment when you're growing so fast? Does that involve interacting and understanding day-to-day -day of what's going on with your marketing team? How do you present estimates to your suppliers overseas? What does that look like in a high growth environment? Yeah, I would say forecasting was one of my biggest challenges there in a way. Definitely what kept me up at night <laughs> because it was a long lead time, of course, coming from Asia and having the, uh, the necessity of safely producing a contact lens device can take quite a bit of time. And we were subscription only, which is also another challenge for forecasting because and take your customer acquisition and your retention rates and do your best, but those things 
tend to be volatile and change quickly. So you're constantly trying to have a magic eight ball that's four to six months out when you're forecasting a business like that. And of course, cash flow is everything. So maintaining tight cash flow around inventory controls while also making sure that you're not going to stock out was mission critical because when you get someone on a subscription for a medical device, the absolute worst case scenario would be having to say, hey, Nathan, we're out of your product this month and we can't ship it. You're definitely going to churn customers out that way. So the goal is to always run it as tightly as possible so that we weren't sitting on way too much inventory tying up cash, but to also ensure we never stocked out of a SKU. So it, it was quite a bit of a, a juggling act, I would say. Definitely the closest to a supply chain nightmare I've ever come is thinking that we may stock out of a couple SKUs one month when freight was running particularly slowly and having to step up to paying some outrageous uh, air freight rates to get inventory in. But Fortunately, we were able to do that and any crisis was averted, but it was definitely a major cash outlay that was unfortunate. But forecasting a business like that, it's definitely stressful. Can, like I said, can be something that keeps you up at night, but it is pretty critical to keeping a healthy supply chain and healthy business going there. I think that's incredible to not have to air freight any inventory there ever. That's incredible. Most people or leaders in the supply chain space that we interview have a story where they had to air freight in some inventory in the case of a high growth brand running out of supply. It's just horrible when that happens. And so we've seen time and time again, having to air freight inventory. And usually it's just a matter of fact for a high growth e-commerce brand. So I think it speaks just so highly of you and your team in terms of being able to forecast in that environment and understand two key components of how do we manage cash flow, but how do we not run out of inventory? I think that's the hardest thing to do as a supply chain leader when it comes to forecasting. I'm curious because you really focused on the whole end-to-end -end process at Hubble. What was your favorite part of the supply chain there? Oh gosh, that's a tough one. I would say it was never boring. <laughs> there was always something to be working on, some new growth plan or something to focus in on improving and finding continual improvement. So I would say just every day was a new thing, kept it exciting, kept it fun. I really enjoyed a lot of the relationships I got to build and the vendors that I got to work with and the landscape there. We were definitely good at knowing when to rely on an outsourced party versus bring it in-house. So I got to just work with a lot of different types of people, a lot of different types of organizations to keep that running smoothly, which was a lot of fun. I think for me, my favorite part in general is just the relationships you build along the way. It's awesome to see how that can grow from one role to the next, your network and who you know, so to speak. And uh, I think that was definitely a lot of fun about working there is that there were so many different facets to the business that I got to work with all sorts of folks, different outside agencies. It's a small team too. Hubble's only about 25 people full-time. So there's a ton of overlap and getting to cross-functionally work within the organization. There's really no part of the business that you're not seeing and touching when it's that small, but doing that much volume. So it was a really cool opportunity in that way as well. That's awesome. And then now at Zenny Optical, what are some strategic bets you're making this year? What excites you about being at Zenny Optical this year? I think their supply chain is a lot different than Hubble's in the sense that though eyewear is FDA regulated, it's a completely different industry. 
And there's so many different angles that you could say in terms of different strategic bets that we're making this year, given the current e-commerce climate is a lot different than the crazy growth that e-commerce saw during COVID. From our perspective at Sourceify and what we see, a lot of brands have slowed down a little bit or expanded their product lines into other categories or into other angles to continue to grow revenue. But from a forecasting standpoint, it's really challenging looking back at the past three, four years where freight rates were through the roof, demand was sky high. And now, fortunately, freight rates have gone down a lot, but also for some brands, demand has gone down a bit too. So I'm curious, what kind of strategic initiatives are you looking at at Zenny Optical and what's exciting you this year? Yeah, definitely a different role for me to a certain extent, coming in with more of a keen focus on expanding some specific business areas for them, utilizing my prior experience. But I think what's exciting for me is that it's a change of pace in that it's a much larger organization. It's actually been around for 20 years already, which a lot of folks don't even necessarily know about Zenny, totally privately held. And it's Awesome to have the opportunity to build something again, I think in a much bigger team, but getting the opportunity to kind of ground up, lay my stamp on something is awesome. We are focused on moving into accepting insurance, which is something that we haven't done previously at Zenny. So there's an awesome area of opportunity for us there to expand into the optical insurance space. But I think that I'm really just excited about having that change of pace with the larger size team and the resources around me being different. It's nice to mix it up a little bit, I think, in terms of the size and the scope of the organization that you're working for. So I think that there's, again, endless potential here as well for the the growth that we have planned and the new business to business strategies that we're working on. But also for me, probably the furthest step away from end to end supply chain that I've had in a while. So it'll certainly be a new challenge for me. I think I'm used to really owning the whole thing. And of course, Zenny's already so well established and really already has kind of state of the art supply chain and operations in place that this will definitely be a different spot for me to be in, but I think it's exciting. I think it's kind of part of my growth at this point to be part of a larger size organization that takes a little bit of a step back actually on having some of the oversight that I had previously. That's awesome. I'm excited for you. One question that we like to ask as we wrap up here on e-commerce on tap is what's a hard lesson that you're grateful that you've learned? So this could be over your whole career, whether it be handling the supply chain of a fast growth mattress brand or contact lenses, whatever it may be, any hard lessons that come to mind that you'd like to share? Oh, that's a good one. I think for me, something that someone said to me once, a boss, a former boss said, you can't know what you don't know, which is a little cliche, but I think it's easy to get a little overconfident at times when things are running well and you have a lot of experience and you're feeling super confident in your capabilities. It can be humbling at times to need to take a step back and try to think about what you might not know in a situation to make sure you're really setting yourself up to mitigate risk, to plan for any potential pitfalls. I think COVID taught us anything in the supply chain. It's you can't have enough of a backup plan, even when you think you have continuity in place and you have vendors waiting to go if you need more freight or you need more outbound. It's like you can never do too much of that. So I think not getting too confident, not getting too level set in the ho-hum of the day-to-day is especially critical. And I sum it up with those words that I'll never not hear that boss saying of, you can't know what you don't know. That's definitely 
something that I've seen play out in a couple different ways, whether it's on the forecasting side or sourcing a vendor where you think it's going to be great. And then maybe something goes by the wayside, something that you may have overlooked and vetting them out, things like that um, will always come up. And I think it's like how you react to them and how you take the learnings forward. I love that. I love that line. That's awesome. Emily, thank you so much for coming on e-commerce on tap. If people want to get in touch or follow you, where can they find you? You can find me definitely on LinkedIn or my email is super easy. It's just emily.sewell at zentical.com. Would be happy to chat with anyone and look forward to the networking opportunity. Awesome. Sounds good. Emily, thank you again. And thank you everyone for listening in to this episode of e-commerce on tap brought to you by Sourceify.